It's Terry from No Crumbs Left, and I'm sitting across from a good blogger friend of mine, Joanne Molinaro, recently married, and you probably know her as the Korean vegan. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. This <laughs> so is so happy. much fun. I know. I'm so excited to be here. What I love is that we're we're Instagram friends, yes. you know, which means that's how we met. And although I haven't seen you recently, so it's like we're, we're, we're getting to check in right here. And what's crazy is that other people want to hear us check in. So <laughs> Check in with each other. I yeah. love it. Because I think the last time I saw you was you were helping me maybe do pictures for a Whole30 takeover. And maybe that was even January that I actually literally saw you. Well, no, I actually stopped by your house because you were kind enough to make me some vegan chili, oh, remember? Right, right, right. And right. it was life-changing. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. It was amazing. That is a secret recipe. And I, I let's just, this is what I can say about that secret recipe. In March, in May, in May, people are going to be able to use that recipe. They're going to enjoy that vegan recipe. As so. much as I did, yes. I love that. <laughs> well, you're one of my two uh, favorite vegans. Okay. Uh, there's you and No Crumbs Left Other Kid, who is a vegan. So um, let's talk about how did we meet? Yeah. Well, we met through the Feed Feed, right. the fine folks over at the Feed Feed. Um, I had actually met them through Snapchat, of all places, and they found out that I was going to go to Rome. And they asked me to sort of host a Rome meetup of various food bloggers in Rome. So I did that for them, and that went spectacularly well. And as a result of that, they're like, well, you're in Chicago. Do you want to do one in Chicago? And I said, heck yeah. And they're like, well, there's somebody that we would love for you to meet who would be a great partner for you in doing that. And her name is Terry at No Crumbs Left. I was like, okay, sure. I'm always up for meeting new people. I had no idea who you were. Um, and I went through your Instagram and, okay, she's a beautiful photographer, has some amazing food. Um, and then I guess we met and we worked together and we met a bunch of other Chicago bloggers through that event. And we've been friends ever since. And I will say, I've done a lot of blogging events and I don't always stay friends with all the people I do blogging events with. But for you, it's like you're my... I call you my onyi. That's uh, Korean for older sister. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I kind of love, I play that role for a lot of people. I think for people, often I'm a mother figure, a sister, sort of a best friend, you know, kind of gal next door. So I love that. What I remember about that was they wanted us to find a location. And what I think is funny was I was thinking publican because I have a connection there and thought, oh, my God, that, that's fantastic butcher shop. And of course, not thinking you're a vegan. I'm like, I've got the greatest place for it. And, were, and what did you think at the time? Uh, you know what? I was a little bit nervous and anxious, more like less for myself and more for other vegan bloggers who might be invited to the event. But I was willing to make anything work. I mean, even Publican, they've got this amazing bread area and I'm all about carbs. So. I love that. I love it. This is how you and I are different. I'm sort of on the almost no grain. I know. You know, lots of vegetables, fruits, and some protein. And how did you how did you come to be a vegan? That's a really good question, and it's a funny answer. I think most people think vegans are super healthy or super conscientious about the environment or animals, uh, and that's why they go vegan. And I was none of those things. I uh, didn't care about my health. I thought I was already pretty healthy. I was, like you, avoiding carbs. I was on a paleo diet at the time, and I believe that was the healthiest way to eat. 
Um, but my then boyfriend, now husband, uh, disagreed. And he believed that in order to optimize his health as an athlete in particular, he needed to adopt a plant-based diet. And so he announced in particular, in typical fashion, hey, I'm going to go vegan. And I was like, okay, you can do that. I'm not. <laughs> and um, But within a couple of weeks, it became pretty clear that it would be hard to maintain a relationship with him if I didn't join him in this. Because veganism does have um, sort of a social component to it. Um, and we weren't kind of – we hadn't been dating long enough where I felt that we could make life changes – without joining each other. So he did that. And then within like three weeks, I was like, well, what's the worst that could happen? I could lose some weight, <laughs> you know? So I decided I'll try it. I'll try it for a few days. And if it's bearable, I'll continue doing it for as long as possible. And I tried it and it was a lot easier than I really expected. And once I did that, then all of the other reasons, health benefits, the you know, environmental impact, and you know, the animals, that all sort of followed uh, pretty quickly. And now I just, I don't see myself ever going back. I love that. Yeah. Now I know you're a person who, um, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, you have had a significant weight loss that you've been able to maintain. And that's super inspirational. I would love to know more about that. Yeah. So this is so funny that you mentioned that because I think about this a lot. When I was talking to you, we were walking to Restoration Hardware. I think this is our this was our feed feed event, right? We went to That's Restoration right. Hardware yep. afterwards. And you and I were talking and I was like, you know what, Terry, do you think I should do a whole 30? And you were like, honey, whatever you've been doing is working for you. So I wouldn't change anything. And I, I remember thinking about that then because it had an enormous impact on me. I, as you know, struggle a lot with body image. And to hear a woman who didn't know me very well at the time affirm me in that way was incredibly <laughs> encouraging. Um, but in terms of losing weight, I... I think I ballooned up to about 190 pounds, and I'm five feet tall. So that's pretty big for someone of my you know, natural size. Um, probably after college, um, when it was my first time to really feed myself, and I didn't really know what I was doing. So I gained a lot of weight, and through a process of eating less, a number of yo-yo diets, including low-carb, Atkins, Paleo, South Beach, whatever you want to call it, yeah, sure, I lost a lot of weight. Um, but the trick is keeping it off, as I'm probably most women who have ever done with dieting, keeping it off is like the hardest thing. Um, and I think that's physiological as much as it is emotional. Um, physiologically, your body's metabolism just craters when you've restricted calories for so long. So it's like primed and ready to add fat the minute you start eating like a normal person again. And that's always happened to me. So when I shifted from being sort of paleo to a plant-based eater, it allowed me to maintain my weight loss in a way that was less toxic. Um, because before that, I was all about counting calories, all about counting carbs and limiting, 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 limiting. And when I shifted to a vegan diet, I was able to say, well, I'm already limiting so much by definition. Why don't you loosen it up a little bit? Eat as much carbs as you want. If you want to eat bread, eat bread. If you want to eat rice, eat rice. Um, you're already cutting out a big chunk of the food that you used to eat, and it'll all sort of balance out. And 
you know, obviously, you know, I also run a yes. lot. Yep. Um, and that helps, too, uh, in terms of just maintaining, you know, a fit diet and a, and a fit uh, body. But one of the reasons, again, that your comment to me on that day made such an impact was because it made me realize that I was sort of obsessing over something that I really shouldn't be. Um, and that's one of the things I love about No Crumbs Left. It's because you show people, hey, it really doesn't matter what you look like. It's so much more important to get a handle on what you feel like um, through food, through friendship, through relationships, you know, through all of those things. But I don't know, you've had uh, a lot of experience with Whole30. I mean, how do you kind of use that in terms of just trying to keep it healthy and trying to keep fit? What I love about Whole30 is... I love that it's just sort of brought me to a place of going, oh, gosh, if you don't need to use sugar, then why would you have to, you know? Um, so I'm all about, uh, and I've always been about, you know, cooking in a way that I believe to be healthy. And, you know, so like plenty of fruits and plenty of vegetables and wonderful big salads and soups and 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 protein. You know, I mean, Patrick is my son, no crumbs left other kid, is a vegan and he's, you know, Oh, you know, to say that he's encouraging me to be a vegan, that would be an understatement. Really? Um, but <laughs> Good for you, Patrick. <laughs> a lot of debate for us, you know, uh, back and forth. Um, but, you know, one thing I love about Whole30 is I love it as a reset idea. And mostly anybody who would ever say that to me, I'd say, like, absolutely do a reset. But what I saw about you in that moment was here's this beautiful girl. She's really, you know, she's so beautiful. Her body's just fantastic. And there was still that place in you, like I could just see deeply in your soul and go, you are in a place of such lack and calorie counting. And and even to go on Whole30 where you wouldn't be counting calories, it, was, it wasn't even something that you could consider in the moment. And I just was like, what I wanted for you was to release yourself from that and just yeah. like be here now. You know, it's the old be yourself everybody has taken. And I saw that you just that you weren't doing that. And in the deepest level, that's what I wanted to do was pull you out and say, no, 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 you don't you don't have to live from that place. And what I see is that um, and not that I'm an expert because, you know, struggling with my weight has been a lifelong thing. But it was like I in that moment, I got I got that insight. And when I hear you talk about it now, it's really a woman talking not out of a place of lack, but you're now living out of place of fullness, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like often people want me to do a let's say it's a podcast on loneliness and I'll say. That's not really what I would do. I would do a podcast on fullness mm -hmm. or, you know, creating life, that kind of thing, because it's I'm a really um, law of attraction kind of person. So and I love that kind of thinking. So I just see that you've really made this shift in a wonderful way. And I love when I go on your page and it's like, you know, you're there's a donut you're showing or there's this or that. I, I feel I feel great about it. Is it hard to maintain friendships with people like, you know, here I am, a carnivore, admittedly. I mean, a very, very vegetable forward carnivore yes. and all kinds of vegans follow me because I do know my way around a vegetable. Um, and I actually love preparing um, vegan food. But is it how does it work to stay friends with someone who is? I don't think it has been difficult at all mm -hmm. to be friends with non-vegans. Um, I will say a lot of my friends are vegans and that is easy sometimes, but whether you're vegan or not, you're still human, right? right? And everyone has their issues. So I judge people based upon their human qualities, right. not necessarily upon their diet. I would say the vast majority of my friends are not vegan, as is my family. And it's not like I'm going to cut out my brother right. <laughs> and my mom because they eat meat. Um, I certainly wouldn't do that. Um, and, you know, you and I are a really, really good example because 
we're in many ways diametrically opposed in terms of our diets. Not as much as, say, somebody who's just unhealthy and right. eats, you know, right. hamburgers every day because that's not you either. Um, but at the same time, we certainly have different diets. But we are able to connect um, on those uh points where we see in common, you love vegetables. In fact, most people don't realize that I learned more about vegetables from you than most vegan people because you actually really, really have always loved vegetables. You were the ones who introduced me to the folks at the farmer's market here. Um, and hey, this is what this kind of vegetable is and this is when you should use it. You shouldn't use zucchinis in the middle of, you know, February because they're not in season and they're not going to taste good. These are the things I picked up from Terry, <laughs> the admitted carnivore. And so I love that about our friendship and I think that it's important to keep those lines of communication open because there's value in every single thing. Whether you're a carnivore, whether you're a vegan, it's very not valuable to close yourself off to people simply because of the food they put in their mouth. I love that, and I totally agree. How does it work in terms of the holidays? I mean, so the holidays are coming up. I mean, I'm sure your family isn't you know, um, vegan. I don't know if your husband's mother is, but how does that all work? I know we're negotiating that, you know, right now. So I'd love to know how you yeah, feel. Yeah, it. it's it's a tough time sometimes. I think especially for younger vegans, if you are just starting out, you're so excited and you're so enthusiastic and you think that you can change your entire family and turn them vegan in t 20 days. That's what you think. And when you realize that's not happening, it can be very disappointing and disheartening. My father, uh, he had prostate cancer and I was like well duh then you really need to stop eating meat because the science is indisputable that that's what's causing your cancer so stop eating meat and my father he is a product of wartime because he was part of the Korean War and he doesn't understand the concept of not eating meat he thinks why the heck would I stop eating meat uh, that's what makes me strong. That's what makes me a man. That's what makes me survive, you know? So for him, the idea of not eating meat doesn't make any sense. My mother, she's a nurse, so I think she's a little bit more friendly to that idea. But, you know, eating meat and eating fish in particular for them is ingrained in their culture. So, for example, last year I was a second-year vegan. I just said, I'm not going to have Thanksgiving with my family. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with not having enough food for me unless I cook it all myself. I'm too tired to do that. And what I ended up doing was having a very intimate meal with my, you know, then fiance and my parents at a vegan restaurant that we chose. And that was fine. But it was a little sad because I'm very used to a huge Thanksgiving with all my aunts and uncles and my cousins. And they're trying their best to be understanding about my diet, but I think they still think it's sort of a weird thing or a phase, and they like to make fun of me about it. You know, every time I show up with whatever I, you know, tofu this or whatever, you know, mac and quote cheese, you know, things like that, they think it's hilarious. Um, and then they, you know, promptly eat their kalbi or whatever, their meat, their Korean barbecue. Um, and so... It's a choice every year. Do I stay and, you know, hang out with my family and have that 
while watching them eat things that may be difficult for me? Um, or do I just give up on that and go to a vegan restaurant? This year, we're going to do the family thing. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't want to give up my family, no, you know? And right. I don't think I, like, okay, just suck it up and deal with it. Bring your own food, which is what I'm going to do, and show them how delicious it is instead of giving it up. But I know you have a vegan son. Patrick's right. vegan. And you're, you know, whole 30 at any given time. Right. How do you navigate that? Well, it's interesting. Right now, I'm doing something a little different. I use the principles of whole 30, but I'm doing really more portion control and working out. So I'm actually kind of trying something different. Oh, um, cool. And that's that's really been fun. Um, and it, it's also great for me because I'm not at any moment feeling deprived. Um, Patrick, you know, it was like, how are we going to do it? You know, I mean, if there's ever a non-vegan holiday, it is Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, everything, you know, is in butter and all of that. So, you know, we just were like, well, what are we going to do? So he was like, he loves to cook. So we sat down, you know, as a family and kind of worked on a menu. And he was like, I'd really like to make a salad. And he wanted to make a couple of side dishes. Um, we're going to, you know, go to the farmer's market tomorrow and get like Yay. beautiful mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And and I've been just practicing this week and just, you know, I'm working on, I'm working up toward Christmas because we have the same thing at Christmas is what we're going to make. So for Thanksgiving, the decision was made that we would, you know, all stay and do it together. Now at Christmas, we normally go to Napa. And then we go out, and I love that. We have restaurants we go to. But he said it's really going to be hard for me because these restaurants really aren't going to have, you know, vegan food. And I love that we go out at Christmas because I love that I work all year. I'm tired. I love to go away for two weeks and just sort be of— Be treated. Just be yeah. treated. So it was mm -hmm. like—but I really respect that my son is, you know, pursuing his health, and I want to support to that end. So we made a decision. It was like the 23rd, I found a really nice restaurant that's going to serve a vegan meal— and then people can have not vegan meal. Mm -hmm. The 24th and 25th, rather than him saying, I'm not going to come, we're going to cook together as a group and we're working out the menu. And then it's like a couple of nights we're going to go together as a family to dinner. And if he wants to sit out because it's not comfortable for him, but we're not leaving him alone on Christmas. And it always ends up Patrick and I practically like have a little fight on Christmas. And it's like, I was like, this year... You know, and it generally is about sort of this topic of, of going out to dinner. This year, we're going to do it differently. We're planning ahead. So um, good for you guys. We're, we're planning for success. And I want to say good for your parents that they went to the vegan restaurant. I oh, mean, for sure. That speaks to them saying you are more important to us than than you know anything than the food is. Absolutely. So. They're they're 100 percent on board with anything that involves my health. They do, whether they disagree with the fundamentals mm -hmm. of a plant-based diet and whether it's really health-promoting, I think they believe that it's important for them to be supportive of whatever I believe is correct for my body's health. And so they're very supportive of it. I wish that I could get my dad to stop eating meat because he still, you know, has cancer. Um, and I do think that at least cutting down on the meat could help with that. But you know what? He's doing a bunch of other things for his health. He's eating a ton of flax seeds and nuts and other really healthy grains. And he's taking turmeric every single day. So I think he's just there. But there is this sort of bias in favor of animal protein that I think is a direct byproduct of him coming from you know, a wartime generation where they didn't have meat. And, and that was viewed as one of the debilitating things to their survival. It, you know, makes me think of this thing of, you know, families and accepting one another. And what that reminded me of was that when my mother was was sick and she was at the end of her life, um, there were, you know, I it was like, oh, this chemo and maybe you shouldn't do chemo and maybe you should do a macrobiotic diet mm -hmm. and maybe you should really make another choice. But there was a point where it was like, well, this is the choice that they've made. And I don't think that she and my dad have made that, you know, it's going to go another direction. She lasted a long time. 
And I have to say, I was always struck because the day the doctor put his arm around my mother, and I was going to cry when I think about it, and said, you know, Mrs. Turner, we're going to have to tell your family that sometimes it's quantity over quality. And so what we're going to do is we're going to stop doing the chemo. And I want you to know something. She died 48 hours later. And what I realized was, you know, in her own way, that chemo and that dream and that hope was really keeping her alive. And when she knew there was no more chemo, she was gone. Mm -hmm. And literally, literally a day and a half later, she died. And what she said at that moment was she put her arms around us and she said, you are the best people that I know. She said, you are the best people that I know. It was such a, it was just an amazing moment. And and a, a day and a half later, she was gone. And I called the doctor and said, I, you know, she's gone. And he was like, I am so shocked. We could have never known it would go that way. He said, the truth is, we don't know when you're going to be born. And, you know, we don't know when you're going to die. And if anybody tells you anything different, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I know that you're also, you know, I my profound love for my mother who's gone. Um, but I know that you're powerfully affected by your love for your parents. So tell me about that. I know you have very strong parents. I know you're a strong gal yourself. How does how do you negotiate all of that? Oh, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that story about your mom. Um, it actually makes a lot of sense, given how maternal you are and what a fierce woman you are. My mom is also an incredible influence in my life, for better or for worse. Uh, growing up, she was feared. <laughs> She was the matriarch of our entire family. She's the second oldest sister of her side of the family, but she uh, assumed the role of the male of the family because they were having her parents were having so much trouble actually having a son. And so she kind of stepped into that role and as a result of that, she became sort of the leader of her side of the family. She is a very strong woman and we all lived in fear of her, including my dad <laughs> growing up. Um, So she had an enormous influence on me and what it means to be a strong woman. She was an immigrant. She immigrated to the United States in her early 20s. She knew very little English, and she was studying to become a nurse and get her license here in the States and was able to do that and bring her entire family here to the United States. She brought her parents over, her sister, her younger brother, who now also have families here in the U.S. and Chicago. So to hear her story through her telling of it now, it's very hard to really get a sense of the challenges that she faced as a young woman and what she had to overcome. And that's just as an immigrant. She is also a product of wartime. She was two years old when North Korea was invaded. Her village was invaded and her parents had to flee uh, and and go to South Korea. And she lived in poverty. She lived off the backs of other people um, and and their generosity for many years of her life. And again, she describes all of these things while laughing and joking around. These are life and death situations that she now looks back at almost fondly. And so she teaches me very much how to keep perspective. I live in a totally different world and, you know, where I Uber to work and back, you know, where I have my groceries delivered to me and where if I want to eat, you know, if I want to drink almond milk every single day for the rest of my life, I can do that. Whereas for them, to have a banana was a luxury item for them. And so it always makes me 
keep things in perspective nice, and it yeah. makes me want to be as strong as her but yeah I mean what was your mother like growing up I mean was she sort of a fierce presence in your life my mother was just like she had a love that was so big it was sort of like legendary mm. I mean she just had this presence and she had this love and she also had humor and sort of irreverence and she was always doing secretly things I mean my parents were fortunate people and my mom, you know, she grew up in Iowa and it was like, you know, she was always she sort of married, a, you know, a guy out of the army. And I don't think she, you know, um, expected the kind of success that my dad had. Um, but so she was this kind of simple person in a certain way. And when I say simple, I just mean she came really from humble beginnings and it was never lost on her. So my mother was always forever doing something for somebody, helping somebody out doing something in the community. And people loved her. And in the community that I grew up in, my dad was kind of well-known because of his he, because of his success. But my mom was just well-known because of her heart. Mm -hmm. And whoever my dad was, my mom really was so much even bigger. Um, so she was, she believed in us. She loved us. She just was like, you could do anything you want to do. You go for it. You know, give it 150%. And she also talked to us a lot about making a difference and a lot from her example as much as, you know, what she said. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I um, my mom didn't have to work. So, you know, she was like home when we came home from school making us the snacks. And she was also just kind of the most fun and funny person that I knew. So everybody in our community wanted to circle around my mom, you know, and just just simply to be in her presence and to be, you know, in her orbit was absolutely an unbelievable blessing. Now, did she teach you all that you know about cooking, your wealth of knowledge in the kitchen? Here's the greatest part. My mother hated to cook. <laughs> she hated to cook. The irony. <laughs> never occurred to me that uh, I would like to cook because it was like I saw that my mom struggled with her weight and I saw that she struggled with cooking. She just, she literally hated it every day. So oh. it never occurred to me that cooking could be joyful. And in some ways, my dad, when he cooked, which wasn't often because he traveled all the time, but he was a little bit like a, a food expert in some ways. And he knew sort of deep frying and exactly what temperature. And he knew he knew a lot of food nerd facts. So when he cooked, I mean, it was really amazing mm. and fun. Um, but it wasn't until I left my house and went on my own that I realized, oh, my gosh, cooking is is really exciting and wonderful. Yeah. And you're amazing at it. Thank you. <laughs> so tell me about this. Why did you start uh, the Korean Vegan? I mean, I don't. You know, I mean, first of all, you have a full time job. Tell us what you do in your regular job. Sure. So I'm a full time attorney. I work at a law firm here in Chicago, and that is truly my full time job. I view that as probably my ninety percent of waking hours. Um, but I started the Korean Vegan as sort of a joke. Um, again, my husband was making fun of me about, haha, you said you would never be vegan, and here you are, you're more vegan than I am. In fact, you're the Korean vegan. Oh, wow, you should start a YouTube video called The Korean Vegan. And I was like, okay, sure. As a dare, I started a YouTube channel that night. And I started an Instagram, I started a Facebook, you know, not thinking I would do anything with it. And then, you know, a couple of months later, I would say, well, I've got this. Maybe I should do something with it. And it was really motivated by a conversation I'd had with a girlfriend at a baby shower. I was at a baby shower and, you know, the 
server was asking, you know, what would you like to eat? And I said, well, there's nothing on your menu that's vegan. I can't really eat anything. Do you have anything that I can eat? And the woman sitting next to me she said, you're vegan? And I said, yeah. And she's like, how is that possible? You're Korean. As if being Korean and being vegan was not possible. And I understood that question. A lot of our diet is fish-based or pork-based. And so it's hard to separate. And I thought, well, here's my opportunity to actually show really myself that, yeah, I can still be Korean and I can be vegan. And that's really what started the Korean vegan. And was it always called the Korean vegan? Yes, it's always been. Mm -hmm. I remember at one point there was some thought or someone gave you a suggestion. There was some idea that you would change the name. Yeah. I remember you came to me and said, what did you think of this? Do you think I shouldn't? I was like, absolutely not. It's who you are and it's like the greatest name ever. Yeah, I really like the name too. But somebody was like, you should just change it to Joanne, something that's more personal. And I thought about it because as you now know, the Korean vegan is really not just about food and cooking anymore. It's about being a woman. And so I thought, well, maybe there's something to that. Maybe I should change it to Joanne something, Joanne the everyday woman or Joanne something like that. But then in retrospect, I was like, no, actually, I am Korean. I am vegan. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, channeling myself through those two lenses. And people find me that way. They find me for my recipes and then they find out, oh, wow, she's a runner. She's a lawyer. She's a girl. She does all the things that I do. Or they find out that I'm a woman who happens to be vegan and Korean. You know, Tell me a little bit about your page. What do you offer on it? You know, tell me a little bit about the blog. What do people find when they come uh, when they come looking for you? Sure. So I, you know, was just looking at the analytics the other day, and I say the vast majority of people find me because they're looking for Korean recipes. And Korean food's sort of kind of coming into the limelight right now. Um, it used to be Japanese and Chinese food, and now it's about bibimbap, <laughs> you know? Or they want to know what gochujang is. They want to know, you know, what uh, the you know miso soup is. These are things that people are really interested in. And so they look for a basic Korean recipe, and my page veganizes all of them. So there are a lot of Korean dishes that are, I would say, 90% vegan. They're just about there. You just need to find something to replace the pork. You need to find something to replace the fish sauce or the shrimp sauce or things like that. And uh, so what you can do is you can take my recipes, and they're pretty much traditional Korean recipes that have just been plant-based. I also like to Koreanize some of my favorite European foods, like spaghetti <laughs> or, um, you know, any of the American foods that I sort of grew up eating. I like to Koreanize them while also keeping them vegan. So that's what the vast majority of people find on my website. But as I mentioned lately, I also just write. I write about my experience as a woman, as an athlete, as a, an a child of immigrants, all of those things that people sort of find interesting, which I was very surprised by. Yeah, I like that you share sort of life, you know, you share your point of view. And I think there are plenty of people that follow you that aren't vegan. Yes. You know, and I have plenty of people that follow me that are vegan. Exactly. You know? Like me. <laughs> yeah. So it's like if you don't get offended by the steak, I'm going to really show you how to do a spectacular trumpet mushroom, you know, with uh, with a wonderful cashew crema and, 
incredible green beans. Absolutely. Your green beans, your onions, your famous onions. I still use them, and I learned how to make salads properly. <laughs> Thanks oh, to and you. We're going to have to get you a marinated onion bowl. <laughs> do you ever make my marinated onions? Of course I do. Oh, I have them around oh, yeah. all the time. Are you that. kidding? Okay, well, I see a bowl in your future. <laughs> so, where you. do people find you? Well, you can find me on the interwebs at mm-hmm. thekoreanvegan.com. Very easy to remember. Um, and that's basically where I am on all of the other social media. Right. So Facebook, The Korean Vegan, um, YouTube, The Korean Vegan, um, and then on Instagram, of course, the.korean.vegan, because The Korean Vegan was unfortunately already taken. But I'm pretty easy to find um, if you want uh, recipes. And I haven't said this to any of my other social media followers, but I am in the process of working on a cookbook that will be published next year. Oh, wonderful. Is it is it with a company? Is it? Yes, it is with a publisher. Wonderful. Do we not get to know who? Uh, it's with uh, Penguin Random House. Oh, wonderful. I know. I'm very excited about it. I love it. that. So when will the book be out? Um, we're, it's slated to be out in late 2019. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, wonderful. Will there be a book tour? I don't know. I don't know. It's all very new. Um, but it's going to be uh, recipes, but also a lot of stories from my family. I love that. Yeah. I think that's the best with the cookbook is bring your whole self, bring exactly. your family, your your stories, your recipes, pictures. I love it. Yay. Well, that is a lot, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I, I'm so excited to be here and just to see you again because I haven't seen you in a while and catch up. Love it. So thanks so much for joining us. You can find um, Joanne over at The Korean Vegan. And definitely come find me over at No Crumbs Left, one word, on Instagram, Facebook, or the blog. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.